When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in to the DMVR Buffs live preview of the uh, Texas A&M game. Uh, for those of you who saw that countdown, that's why I wasn't quite prepared for all this. H- how long was that countdown? It was supposed to be 60 seconds. And it was what, like six max? Oh, you have 10. Yeah, I hear behind the camera saying it was 10. Uh, but I'm Henry Chisholm. I've got Andre Simone sitting here next to me. Woo-woo. And uh, this is this is going to be a fun show. Plan for the day. We're going to start off with some stock reports, uh, specifically talking about these buff running backs, who we buy and who we sell and who's going to be a part of this backfield going forward. And uh, touching on a couple other guys, too. We're going to build a game plan, uh, kind of figure out what the buffs can do to, uh, to, to, to pull off an upset against a top-five team in the country. Haven't done that since 2007, I believe, with Oklahoma. And uh, then we'll close things out by making some predictions, playing some over-under. And uh, that's the plan for today. Should be a really good time. Uh, how you doing, Dre? Doing fantastic. Friday, man. College football yep. Saturday. We got some NFL football yesterday. Feeling great. In my element. In my bag. Wow. You love to hear it. Um, As are you. Yeah. yeah. Just, I feel good. We, we just prepped the show. Went through a nice Colorado schools versus FCS schools ranking. Very mm-hmm. interesting power rankings that came out. I think uh, your listeners would be very proud of where you rank the buffs and where you didn't rank the other schools and states. So, no, I, I think we're doing great, Henry. I almost called you Ryan. So. Well, yep. I'll try to take that as a compliment, I guess. Happy Friday, my man. Happy Friday. Uh, Want to just jump right in with these uh, stock reports? Yeah. Awesome. Here we go. Here's our graphic. We'll see where we start off here. Stock it up, my man. Brendan Lewis. The quarterback. And I think this is a tough one. This is a tough one. We're going to start by saying stock up, stock down, and we'll, we'll figure out if we're buying or selling from there. You have to remember, though, while, while it wasn't like a spectacular debut performance, at the same time, he is a true freshman quarterback, technically, who's coming in and starting his first game. And so I'm not sure, compared to expectations, where going 10 of 15 for a little over 100 yards uh, with some nice runs in there, no turnovers fits in. What do you think? Stock up or stock down? I mean, I think it's slightly down just because he's one of those, you know, it's kind of like a a brand new car. Once you drive it off the lot, it's going to lose some value because the potential was endless. And now we're a little more based in reality. Yeah, I think Um, that that's fair. I do think, you know, we've talked about some of the numbers on the podcast this week, but it took him, what, 3.78 seconds to get rid of the ball on average. That was the sixth longest out of 208 football players who threw a pass in Which, week one. As raw numbers, 3.7 is not horrible. Yeah? Yeah, like peak Brady's in the 3.5s. I really? think he was in the 3.3s last night. So, I mean, that's a significant change, but... 
three sevens within that ballpark. We're not talking like five seven. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Which it <laughs> it felt like it was taking him a while. It really was. And I mean, Hank, you've been covering this team all offseason. It's kind of felt like a weird one for Lewis's stock in general because Neuer leaves and he has more of a stronghold and then you have the transfer come in and it's more of an open battle and the first game kind of is what it is, you know, and um, there's nothing to throw you off or be disappointed Exactly. There, there was there was the one throw. Actually, in talking to the quarterbacks coach Danny Langsdorf, there were two plays where Brendan Lewis made a mistake. He said mm. there was one. There was a read on a crosser that he said could have gone for fifty yards. I didn't see that, but we don't get like the all twenty-two, so that's yeah. easy to miss. And then there was the wide open pass to Daniel Arias. It's like a bootleg to the left, which is tough to throw. He didn't set his feet and didn't get any air on the ball and just missed a wide open receiver who would have scored a touchdown. And, and that was a miss, but. When you have those two plays that you're upset about, and Danny also says, you know, he he was seeing the pressures. He was he flipped three run plays into into better run plays. He he was changing protections, doing things that you want right. to see from a young quarterback. Right. Yeah. You know, the fact that he was getting some completions by like seeing what the passing concept was. You know, having a little mesh concepts, reading who was open, mm-hmm. giving the ball, maybe not giving his receivers to make a play downfield so much. I, I think that that's what you would prefer. Out yeah, of a young quarterback right, rather than right. a guy who just chucks it deep and the receivers made plays against FCS corners? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. I think what stood out to me, especially in the comparison with McCaffrey, was how much more natural Dylan, right, mm-hmm. looked throwing on the move. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And a little more decisive and uh, deliberate in his decision-making just... You know, knowing when to get out the pocket, knowing when to throw it. Uh, While Brendan, he took care. Look, it was the right performance for that opponent and that game. Mm -hmm. It also isn't. You, while we do this podcast, I would love to have a few more flashy, sparky type plays to point to and say, hey, this is what we can build off of. This is what's got me excited. Exactly. And I think that maybe that's what's concerning is that things do have to change against Texas A&M. You know, you can't go into that super conservative saying, I need to see a receiver wide open to be willing to throw him the ball. Right. Because those windows, first of all, just aren't going to be there as much as they are against a team like Northern Colorado. But also, you're just going to have to take some chances to put up some points to pull off an upset like this. Yeah, and I mean, quick decision-making will be required as the athletes get bigger, more (laughs) athletic, faster. Those windows start to close much quicker. So he's going to have to be more deliberate. And as a side note, wasn't too impressed in general by the game plan or, uh, you know, how how he was. Yeah, very vanilla. I would have loved to see a lot more Sam Neuer packages. Sam was... First off, so hard-nosed as a runner and a a real asset in the RPO and quarterback run game. But then when he did have to pass it, he was getting it out. Yep, for sure. Um, So so I think we agree, slight or stock slightly down. Uh, But are you buying or selling that stock? 
Hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and we're going to say, you know, you, you can buy it with the intent to hold it over the course of his career. You right. can buy it with the idea being it's going to be up after the Texas A&M game. You can sell it and say, I'd rather buy after the Texas A&M game, you know? I think I shall stay put. I would okay. buy post the A&M game. I think that'll be your smart. lowest, best uh, buying point. Yeah. I think that that's probably reasonable. Yeah. There's there's a chance that, that things go well in this game and, and that stock price goes way up. But, right. but I think that that's probably the, the right approach here. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Alex mm. Fontenot. <laughs> you know, a, a couple of nice runs. I thought he ran well. Uh, he, he, he does. He did what he always does, which is see the field well have a little bit of wiggle through the hole. He did seem like maybe he was a step faster. I talked to him this fall and he said that he'd lost a couple of pounds. He um, looks a little trimmed down. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He did. Um, but with this backfield, I, I guess, first of all, stock up, stock down after that performance. I'm going to say stock up just because it was a good reminder that, mm -hmm. Hey, this guy's a factor in this backfield mm -hmm. as well. We get real excited about um, Ashad. We get real excited, rightfully so, about sure. Jerick Broussard. Fontenot factors into that in a major way with him looking better. He's also kind of old reliable, right? Yep. Like, Brew looked a little more twitched up, a little faster. <laughs> Ashad, I thought, looked phenomenal. He did. But Alex is the guy you can count on because of his vision to get into the right lane and then he'll lean on you you know he'll get that mm -hmm. forward yardage you're never gonna get a negative play out of out of font yep. he'll get something useful for you that you can then come into the next down and distance and uh and feel better about where you're at that is huge man yep. i think a guy like carl Durrell really really appreciates a, a running back like that as well i think so too yeah. i think I think I'm with you, stock slightly up, but there's there's really two factors here that, that I see. First of all, Ashad did get into that game before him, and I think yeah. that that, yeah. that does push the stock down a little bit when you know, okay, it does it does seem yeah, like, at least in week one, the, the, the first backup reps did go to Ashad. Yeah. But also, when he did get on the field, he looked good, and, and yeah. especially coming off the, the hip injury from last year, I, I don't want to say I had doubts. I thought that he was going to look like mm -hmm. himself, but it does feel good to have that proven. I'm going to say stock also slightly up here. Um, are you buying or selling, though? Probably buying. Really? Yeah, probably buying. Um, that's a, You made a great... Uh, you just made me buy. I might have stayed put and okay. see how this plays out another week. But you're right. He's coming off that injury and already looking that good. Mm -hmm. You know, like guys like Landman, we're going we're gonna to have to give him a little more time as mm -hmm. they recover. Fontenot already looking like that. Encouraging. Yep. I'm I'm going to sell. Mm. I, I think that with that stock slightly up, you know, this is Jarek's, this is Jarek's backfield. Yeah. I think Ashad is going to be that number two. And that's, that's not to say I don't think Alex Fontenot is not going to be a part of it. I just think that after this week, I think the stock's going to be down a little bit because we're going to see some big things from Ashad. It is a tricky backfield to gauge. You're right. A very competitive market. Yep. Yeah. Move on to the next one. Got Jarek Broussard. Um, you know, a bit of a slow start from Jarek. And yep. you look yep. at the numbers and the average, you know, six yards per carry, put up 100 yards, did did all the things that you want. Um, but I think he had like 11 yards on his first five carries. Yeah. And some of that was his fault. You know, there was there was a run where uh -huh. he, he just slipped 
on I think that was the second drive of the game and it put him behind the sticks. Uh, there was a running lane there. There was there was a run where uh, he should have bounced it offside, but he didn't, and that put him on behind the sticks. I think on the first drive. Right. And so there's a couple of these when you look at the slow start for for Colorado. I'm not worried about those things with Jarek, but yeah. it's it's what happened. And and from there, obviously, he breaks a big one. He he turns it into a very efficient performance. Picks up the touchdown. I'm going to go stock down here, though, just because it's northern Colorado and you kind of expect him to go for 150-200 after what happened last year. Jarek's problem is the this is a stock that has nowhere to go but down. Exactly. You have absolutely peaked. Um, and just in general, the Buffs' run game under Broussard has set such a high standard yep. that the stock the stocks down in general i've talked about the quarterback run game i think that stood out especially with broussard mm-hmm. i thought the old line didn't look as impressive as they looked last year that old line yep. was kicking ass and you're looking at me like i made it i might have skipped the segment so i will <laughs> shut up and not say anything more on that one but yeah it sucked down it is for no other reason that there was nowhere to go but down now in a Let's talk in a month. Let's talk yep. when October starts, where maybe that stock levels out a little, and now we can really start to kill it as we enter conference play again. For sure. Are uh, you buying that stock then? I need I need to see how low it has dipped by that okay. point. Yeah. Okay. Because I wouldn't put anything past Broussard. He could go mm-hmm. off against A&M, and now you know, the, that ship sailed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy Broussard stock. You know, I'm going to hold on Brendan this week. I do think that Jarek does enough this week against an SEC defense to hmm. to, to put some numbers up. And at the same time, you know, I think, what, it was 226 yards that Kent State ran for against this defense last week? That's, That's promising. That's, That's promising. There were some mistakes back there. Um, we can move along. Last running back here, Ashad Clayton. Stock up, right? Through the roof. Through the through the through roof. The roof. Through, the through the roof. Through the roof. It's a blue chip stock, and then you have a performance like that mm-hmm. after we all kind of waited for a year through the roof. Yep. Through the roof. I, so exciting. Yep. I think I think that this is a stock that I'm absolutely buying too. Uh yeah. It's going up. And yeah. I just don't want to take the risk that it goes up huge this week against AM and this is the breakout. Uh that I can't afford it next week. Just so we don't just move along real quickly, list the Louisiana running backs that who's whose company he's in. I I love it. It's that pretty list. incredible. I mean, guys out of Louisiana, Leonard Fournette, for example. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh you've got uh, Alvin Kamara, yep. who you know has actually spent some time with Ashad at some point. There's like some pictures on Instagram of those two together. Yeah, yeah. Um Darius it's it's Geis. an incredible Darius Geis, another yeah. one. Um, there's a, uh, who, who's the one, this isn't like a huge name, but he went to, uh, Tampa. Uh, uh, what is his name? Not Something with an S at the end. Not, not Mickens. That's a different guy, but, uh, there, there's a whole bunch of talent that, that, at that position that goes through Louisiana and Ashad does look like he's kind of next up there. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's one of the great Louisiana running backs of all time. Um, High school. He, yeah. He just looks the part. Um, so yeah, so through the roof and part of it is that that's a blue chip stock so yeah once you start to see that kind of performance that that's going to pique your interest for sure yep uh i'm buying that one yeah 100 percent. i can't i can't read these comments from here yeah any anything in there we should get to 
Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, do you say wow. sell a shot all day? Wow. Wow. He'll be starting soon enough. I think that means buy then, right? If he's going to be starting soon yeah. enough. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think. Um, giving Lewis six games. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's, 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 Lewis is going to be a tough one to gauge. Uh, what's what's our next uh, our next uh, stock report here? Unless there's anything in there we should get to. Pulling it up. There we go. Carson Wells. Um, he had like the sack last week. Gets called off for a false start. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's kind of a tough one uh, because I thought he looked good. I thought he played well. Sure. At the same time, against UNC, you expect some tackles for loss you expect some sacks i i thought he started off hot and mm-hmm. then and how much of that is just them making a point of playing contain and making sure that dylan didn't get out the pocket too much uh but again a guy who'd set the bar so high um that you it's exactly it's socked down just slightly because, yeah, you do need to see a more dominant performance from Carson in a game like UNC. And, I mean, we see this from draft prospects all the time, having, like, three sack games against a lower opponent. You pad your stats a little mm-hmm. that way, and you take her business. In general, a bit underwhelmed by the Buffs' ability to get pressure on third down, especially while the game was still within two, three possessions. Yeah, I think that Carson's stock is probably just slightly down. I'm absolutely buying it, though. I think that that's just an opportunity to do that. Massive test this week. It is. Going up against Kenyon Green, the, the right tackle for uh, the the Aggies. Yeah. One of, the, one of the best in the entire country. Potential first-round pick. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that matchup. We'll talk about some of the other matchups. Um, before we, we get into building this game plan, though, for this week, want to shout out a couple of our great sponsors. Let's do it. Uh, starting with... Hassle Cattle Company. They uh, they provide a bunch of the beef that we that we eat here. Uh, there's a whole bunch of Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu beef burgers on the menu here at the DMVR bar. If you're looking for a plan for game day, I feel like this should be your plan. You come down here at ten, yep. have a couple drinks, hang out. I'm gonna be here watching that Oregon Ohio State game. Get on the bus at eleven, go to the stadium, and uh, watch a game come back get yourself a nice wagyu beef burger when the bus gets back here sounds like a pretty great day and uh i mean the wagyu beef is a big part of that it's so good otherworldly it is so good there's like four different burgers you can try Uh, if you aren't coming down to the bar you can also just order from hasslecattlecompany.com uh if you use the code dnvr you'll get 20 percent off and free shipping it's a uh, it's a great deal, and they have all sorts of great products. Again, it's Wagyu beef. You can get the bacon, the s- different s- sausages, the beef sticks, the steaks. There's all sorts of different stuff there that you should absolutely check out. Their motto is "Don't be a hassle." Have uh, the blue collar Wagyu. So there we go. Yeah, thanks. There we go. Um, also, we've got uh, wait. There we go. The first Sunday of the NFL season He's is here. And the it. excitement continues with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bay partner of the NFL. DraftKings Incredible. is giving all new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Just bet $1 on any football game this weekend and receive $200 in 
in free bets instantly no matter what. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new customers $200 in free bets instantly when they bet at least $1 on any football game. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And that's why it is the top-rated sportsbook in the entire country. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any week one game. That's promo code DMVR to get your free $200 in free bets instantly this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Booyah. All right, let's uh, let's talk about this game now. Um, oh. It's a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it's a tough match. It's a it's a tough it's matchup. A tough match-up. Texas A and M, number five in the country, moved up this week after winning. I believe was it forty four to ten in week one against Kent State. At the same time, that game was only ten three at halftime. Yep. There were some mistakes that A and M made, uh, some drop passes, some missed passes, some interceptions thrown by the freshman quarterback. Mm-hmm. And so let's kind of let's let's start on that side of the ball with what does Colorado have to do to kind of slow down this Texas A and M attack? Well, it feels like it really starts with stopping the run, right? I agree. I totally um, agree. I mean, you just have to stand up to a really stout front for the Aggies both sides of the ball yep Jimbo's done a phenomenal job of you know playing up the SEC Texas card and bringing in some you know some some high caliber athletes that fit the kind of ranking they're at in the trenches um and so if you can stop their run game and not just allow them to create push on a consistent basis, this is where, boy, you would love to have a guy like Mustafa Johnson on the front. Exactly. That would be nice if he was back. And, I mean, you're talking about one of the best tight ends in the country, so it's not even just their O-line. It's it's a commitment to this and a general strength. But if you can stop that run and force this uh, freshman quarterback, you know. I agree. I agree. There's there's potential for Colorado possible. to win this game. Um, especially when you look at the Colorado defense, the strength is in that front seven. Um, you know, Carson Wells, who we talked about, tough matchup. He's going to be going up against one of the best right tackles in the country all game. He needs to win that if Colorado is going to win this. That's oh, yeah. one of those spots where yeah. you can win a matchup and that, I mean, you need wins. You can't just hold mm-hmm. serve all mm-hmm. over because you're not going to beat them one-on-one across Correct. the board. Yeah. Um, you've got Nate Great Landman. Point. He needs to be pretty explosive up the middle. And when you look at this offense for Texas A&M, there's a few key pieces. Starting on the outside, you know, they have two receivers that aren't aren't proven, we'll say. Uh-huh. Um, Chapman and Lane. Yeah. Chapman's the big guy, probably going to be going up against Christian Gonzalez a lot. Lane, probably going to see a lot of Makai Blackman. Not much to speak of so far in either their careers, and so you no. don't really have the concern. The concern is from the slot in, because yes. in the slot, they're going to yes. be playing Anaya Smith. Yes. Eight catches, 100 yards, two touchdowns last week. He also plays quite a bit of running back. They'll put him in the backfield with Isaiah Spiller, potentially the best running back in the country. Uh, some of the draft boards would say he's the best. Um, and then An extremely high-caliber running back. Yeah, and then you've got the tight end in Jalen Weidemeyer, yeah. who, you know, what? Uh, Mel Kuyper says he's the top draft tight end in the country. Right. 
And so it's figuring out how those pieces kind of in the interior, those skill interior guys are, are going to be able to perform and how you match up against them. Um, you're going to be seeing a lot of Anaya Smith in the slot. You're going to see some of Weidermeyer in the slot. And that's going to be Chris Miller going up against them. I talked to Makai Blackman a couple days ago. You can go back and listen to the DMVR Buffs podcast from two days ago to hear that whole conversation. Yeah. But he said they have a bunch of different things kind of drawn up for these versatile skill guys. And they're just going to have to see which ones work. Robert Barnes, the linebacker, should be back this week. Uh, according to Makai, we should be seeing him on uh, Jalen Weidemeyer quite a bit. Well, hmm. If he's able to win that matchup, that's huge. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be fun to see how this defense is put together. Um, and, and to me, if, if I were doing it, I would say, you know, you, you attack those edges. They like those stretch runs. Get Spiller. To, and he has the burst and the speed to get to the edge so quickly and then cut up whenever there's a running yeah. lane. You got to set those edges hard. Um, and you just trust Nate to kind of control everything in the middle when they try to take advantage of the middle in the running game. From there, I think you can go man outside. I think you trust Chris Miller early on with some man coverage on Anaya Smith wow. in the slot. Barnes on Weidemeyer. And see if it works. Throw a safety deep. Let Nate kind of be a, a spy for Haynes King, the quarterback we haven't talked about yet. Right. And uh, play those passing lanes a little bit when he's inside the pocket. Mirror him when he's outside the pocket. Play the running game when they run. See if it works. Be an interesting approach. Um, do you expect to th see more odd or even fronts? I know you were you're talking about that a little bit, how they're mixing and matching a lot more this year. I think they're going odd. Yeah, I, I think we're going to be seeing yeah, so a lot of the odd front. Three, three, four, yeah. Exactly. and Which I prefer best. That's where yep. Carson is really in a natural role. That's where I prefer Landman, where he's got another guy in the middle mm -hmm. paired with him. Yeah, I think it, it, it's probably a more natural fit for most of their down linemen. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Okay. And I just have some questions. Like, you know, uh, Jalen saw me last week. I thought played right. really, really right. well, incredibly right. explosive, getting into the backfield. Was that because he's 330 pounds going up against FCS linemen? It's possible. Yeah. But if he's able to get into the backfield again this week, that changes some things because all of a sudden you have the interior pressure with Carson on one side, with Guy Thomas, who I thought played well on the other side. Um, it's it's going to be fun to watch. And, and to talk about Haynes King a little bit, the, the freshman quarterback, yeah. uh, he's coming off his first career start. And, you know, things... things weren't terrible 21 to 33 292 yards two touchdowns it's the three interceptions that really stand out and those interceptions primarily came when there was pressure in his face and he just kind of panicked tried to force the ball into a window that wasn't there and again talking to makai blackman they think there's going to be some opportunities to to pull some turnovers yeah. from the freshman quarterback this week and, and a lot of those are going to start up front if you can get some pass rush Yep. He'll make some mistakes. Yep. Well, and that I mean, you know, as, when you strut, when you kind of go through your head of how can an upset happen, that's where it really starts. Is you're gonna have to capitalize on turnovers. Yep. You're gonna have to gain some extra possessions to close that gap. For have sure, to. for sure. Um, I think that's most of my thoughts on that offense. It's gonna be so much fun to watch Texas A&M's offense. They just have so many different guys who do different things. They were running some triple option last week with, with King wow. in the shotgun, Spiller on his left, Smith on his right, and, like you know, you read option basically with uh, Spiller going inside, 
running around the outside. You can pitch it to Smith. You can cut up field. They do some fun things with Jimbo Fisher, and right, and we'll see what a, they can draw up. To a stop unique it. look for a Jimbo offense. Mm-hmm. Who at FSU, even with Kellen Moore, um, that's his name. No, Kellen Moore. Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond. <laughs> Kellen Moore is the uh, Boise yep. guy who is now the OC. Kind of looks like you. Yeah, very much looks like me. <laughs> um, that is. Uh, I lost my train of thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's move on to when the buffs have the ball. Um, I think, first of all, there isn't much you can take away from AM's defense last week. It was pretty simple. They didn't do all that much. They threw some blitzes, a little bit, man. The zone was a little bit soft, I thought. Not much for takeaways. I guess the one player you really look at, DeMarvin Leal, um, nose tackle and another potential, I mean, potential top 10 pick but likely first round pick uh-huh. just a, just a freak athlete who can blow things up. Um, I think when the buffs get the ball, the one thing that I want to see more of is just play action bootlegs from under center, some eye formation with Jaylee stacks out there and maybe a little bit less shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with Leal, what you're really going to need to do is um get the ball out quick get out of the pocket quick he is not twitched up a lot but he just keeps coming and coming and coming he's so strong in his lower half that you just can't knock him down or move him off his spot mm-hmm. so he's just gonna keep coming so you got to keep an eye on him he'll probably command some double teams yep now you're forced to you know Single block on the outside. That's mm-hmm. no fun. Um, but the encouraging part is uh, how Kent State was able to run on these guys. For sure. For sure. And you brought up how Colorado's offensive line was a little bit disappointing last week. Oh. Um, you know, Colby Purcell, there was one block where he was just going upfield, running back behind him, one-on-one with a linebacker, and he just whiffed. What could have been a 15-yard gain turned out to be like a two-yard gain. Um, Chance Lytle had like a three-play stretch where he got beat around the edge once for a sack, got beat inside for a pressure that caused an incompletion, and then the next play uh, got just whiffed on a block, I think, and blew up a run. Um, there There were tough plays for just about everybody on that offensive line, and there was a rotation, too. I think they had probably seven guys rotating in. It sounds like that's the plan again this week. And the reason, according to Carl Durrell, is that uh, he just doesn't think that there's much separation between the what he called the 1As and the 1Bs. Um, I'd like to see more Casey Roddick. I thought he played well. I'd like to see Max Ray start at one of those tackle spots. You know, Frank Phillip is going to be coming back from injury, the starting right tackle last year either at right tackle or left tackle, I think probably next week. And so there's still some moving pieces, and it's 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 a tough time to not really know who your five are. Yeah, that's a little problematic. Um, and frankly, I thought they looked way better running the ball and run blocking in the second half. When a couple of those guys, Max Ray was out there, Casey Roddick in particular, I think he's he's got to start at this point, right? in my opinion. Well, and I think... Um, the scoreboard is such a key to all of this. Yeah. You cannot, you just cannot get down early mm-hmm. because you got to be able to stick to the run early and often and allow Lewis to kind of find his spots 
mm-hmm. manufacture some big plays in the passing game. But that all comes off of having to defend the run. And they're they're just not going to commit numbers to the run unless you have a lead and you're like getting gains consistently. Exactly. And, and that's what's kind of tough here is that, you know, honestly, I kind of like Colorado's matchup running the ball. I kind of like their matchup throwing the ball. It just comes down to wonder whether Brendan Lewis can take advantage of that and produce in the passing game. Yeah. You know, when they run, what, they they ran for 280-something yards last week. It was the third time in seven games since the start of last season that Colorado's run for at least 250 yards. They should be able to run against just about anybody yeah. with this being one of the toughest tests in the country, probably. Um, you look at the, the secondary for Texas A&M, and in watching that game, there really wasn't anybody who stood out all that much. And you've got guys like Brendan Rice and Levante Chenault and Dimitri mm-hmm. Stanley, who in theory should be able to get open against just about anybody. And it's a lot of grad transfers and uh, sophomores, true mm-hmm. sophomores at, at cornerback for them. Hmm. So it can be exploited. Like they're mm-hmm. inex- inexperienced, you know. They are. Um, like on the outside, this is kind of an even matchup. It's in the trenches where you're really going to have to close the gap. Yep. And maybe you're not generating the push that they are on offense and defense. But when you do get in the backfield, you got to make it count. Yeah. You know, so Carson Wells needs to rack up those sacks. You got to get the turnovers, you know, strip fumbles, force interceptions when you do get in the quarterback's face. That's how – and break off big runs. Like your For athletes sure. at running back are going to have to make a few more tackles miss than Isaiah Spiller and those guys do. Exactly. And they're totally capable of that. They are. It's a tall task, but they are capable. Of yeah. And, yeah, and a lot of it is going to come down to Brendan Lewis. You know, is is he able to? Yes, yes. You know, yes. I think I, what's it's what Danny Langsdorf said. He made two mistakes last week. He said both of those were worth about fifty yards, and he said that those were probably the difference between a hundred yard passing game and two hundred yards. That's a big difference. And if you yeah. make just those couple of mistakes this week, that could be the difference between a, a win and a loss. And you know, again, Texas A and M favored by seventeen points. I can't I can't fault Vegas for putting the line there. You, you look at just the talent that AM has, the success they had last season, um, and just the where Colorado has been as a program recently. Even if they did look good last year, they they missed a couple of the best teams in the Pac twelve. So we'll see. There's there's hope for sure uh, to win this game. Oh, yeah. You know, especially because they're a&M replaced four of their five linemen. Now, the one they bring back is one of the best in the country, mm-hmm. and a couple of those other guys are probably going to turn out to be draftable guys too. Yeah. They've replaced their quarterback with a guy who's throwing some interceptions. There is a path here, and and I think that it's going to be really fun to watch this game. Well, what you said about the Buffs last year is true about A&M too. Like their record and schedule, yeah. their record looks so good, but it's it's they avoided most of the sec's toughest teams last year they did all right uh we uh we've got another uh little game we're gonna play after this we're gonna i I set some over-unders rushing yards stuff like that awesome uh first though we want to talk about ball um ball you may know them from like the aerospace company Uh, you may know them from ball arena 
is in like where the Nuggets and Avalanche play. They've also partnered with the Buffs. If you drink beers at Buffs games, they come in those aluminum cups with the Ball logo on them and, and the mm-hmm. CU logo. Uh, CU is actually the first school to partner with Ball for those. Um, but what we're going to talk about today is the aluminum cans they make. Uh, first of all, they made over a hundred billion of them last year, which is just a ridiculous number. Um, it's like ten or eleven for every person on the planet, and that may sound irresponsible, but seventy-five percent of the aluminum that's ever been produced is still in use today. It's uh, it's, it's incredibly sustainable. They work on sustainability in um, other ways too. You know, cutting emissions, doing that sort of stuff, and they are hiring at their plant in golden um it's a 400 person plant the human rights campaign gives them a 100 percent corporate equity score meaning it's a good place to work and if you're interested you can get more information by texting ball to or sorry golden to 77222 nice, nice. um again that's golden to 77222 or going to jobs.ball.com and searching for golden all right um, we're jumping in now with these uh, over-unders, which is going to be some fun. Um, we, uh, we're having a couple technical difficulties that you guys can probably see based on the, uh, the screen that's mostly just black instead of seeing me and Dre. Um, yeah, but we can still see you and interact with you and yep. all that fun stuff. So For sure. Stay we'll get tuned. That figured we'll out get that figured soon. out. Uh, these over-unders, though, um, we are going to start with... Um, uh, oh, sorry. This is the wrong graph. There we go. We're going to start with the uh, Brendan Lewis passing yards. 199 and a half. Over under 199 and a half passing yards for Brendan Lewis. I think that's that's set way too high. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, I'd go under. Okay. I, I, I'm going to take the over just because I think that there's a real chance that starting halfway through the second quarter they're they're throwing the ball a lot trying to get back into the oh, game oh well shoot i hadn't thought of that i yep. guess i was still stuck in i in my path to victory thoughts um huh it's tough yeah yeah that's a good point because i think in an ideal world he's like 15 to 20 for like 190 or 165 yeah. even but they run for like 300 yards yep. oh man yeah i'll go under i'll go under just slightly but you're right that might just be an overreaction to the first game yeah and the second game's it's gonna tough. be gonna play out completely different and, and the tough part is like i don't know whether brendan was like not throwing those passes because he didn't see receivers were coming open or he just didn't trust it and want to take the risk and this week he's going to be willing to make some of those throws and there's that wild card of like there's just a different strategy when you're playing northern colorado versus when you play a&m mm-hmm. and he could look like a totally different player for that reason or because he has reps under his belt or because he's had a chance to see this defense on tape and they're able to talk through the looks he's going to get and that sort of stuff it's it's a tough choice though um right. we can move on to Jarek broussard over under five yards per carry. Five yards per carry. God, I think you have to go under. You do? If you're being realistic. I know. It's it's tough. It's it's really tough. Um, uh, I think I'm going to go under too. 
just because I think that this might be one of those games where he he carries the ball a lot. You know, he's he's getting a lot of touches and a lot of those are going to get stuffed. The question is always with him just how many of those does he break loose and pick up big yards. Um, it is worth noting, though, he's gone under that three times in his career. Yeah. Three unders, four overs. Right. Right. And for his career, what? I guess it was 5.7 yards per carry on the season last year. Um, more than that. It's like six and a half or seven. 6.3. Oh, he's an absolute killer. Um, if he does it against this front, oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, but I got to see it first. Okay. I'd go under. Um, two more here. Or sorry, I think three more here. Um, one and a half Haynes King interceptions. Hmm. <laughs> Had three last week. Didn't play the whole game. Zach Calzada got in and threw a pick of his own. Very well set number here. It's a tough one. Very well set. I'm going over on this one. I'm going over. I am too. NFL Stadium. Power five defense. Uh, yeah, I think we go over. Yeah. Just a little side note. In talking to Makai Blackman this week, um, he he has started going with the receivers to the jugs machine after practice and catching balls him and chris miller and mark perry which is not something they've done in the past he said that like obviously he had the interception last week it's like yeah it's paying off already right i like it and i don't know who knows if if they if they make some good catches we'll know why uh next up 185 texas a&m rushing yards oh man Now we're really into the winning numbers. Yeah. Um, I think it goes over. I think it goes over too. It's going to be tough to stop. I mean, you've got Isaiah Spiller, who's one of the best yep. in the country. You've yep. got they, – they had a, a, another guy in that last game that – a cane, a chain, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but but he's basically their third back. Or who knows, maybe he's their second now and they'll just play Smith in the slot. But he went 12 for 124 and two right. touchdowns. Spiller went 17 for 113. It's a a tough running attack to uh, stop, and I I got the over there. Uh, Last one, four and a half Colorado tackles for loss. That includes sacks. Does, huh? It does. That's the way college counts it. Oh, I forgot about that. Um... I think we go over. I think we go over. I do too. Yeah. I do too. Especially if they're going to be leaning on the running game. Haynes King likes to run around in the pocket. Yeah, exactly. There'll be enough broken plays plus sacks yep. with this young quarterback where. Yep. Uh, one pick from Landman. I like that call. Yeah, before we make our final predictions for this game, can we run through some of these comments? Yeah, yeah. Uh, five by Cygnus. Uh, tell you what would be good in a or t- tell you what would be good is a big return from B Rice. Yeah, th- that would be. Huge, man. He he had the big one last week, the only time he touched the ball. Dimitri Stanley was averaging 23 yards per punt return too. That is kind of the X factor here. Right. Yeah. He didn't catch a ball against UNC. That's a guy who you need to find a way to get the rock in his hands. I agree and I think that 
in this game, you need to find ways to just get some easy completions for Brendan. I was seeing another comment about Chanel and getting him more involved. I mean, there are a lot yeah. of these. Some little slant routes. Get the ball to Brady. Like, just get him in a rhythm. Throw some screens to Brendan Rice. He can make some plays. From Woody, I heard so much about Chenault and his big steps over the summer. I'd love to actually see it tomorrow with a breakout game. It'd be a great time for it. It'd be a really great time for it. And, and it's been interesting with Chenault. You know, I, I, every defensive back I talked to, when I said, like, who's been toughest to cover, they all said Levante Chenault. But then you see the depth chart. I mean, Dimitri Stanley's a starter. Brendan Rice is a starter. It's Levante Chenault or Daniel Arias. And Levante didn't do all that much in week right. one. So we'll see. Uh, hopefully over on King Picks. Yes, that would be uh, that'd be big. Be they, huge. I, I don't know that you win without that. No, you definitely don't. Um, you might need more than just the two, though. It's possible. Can it's I very possible. Three from last week. Um, what do you what do you guys expect from Chev? Ooh, that's a good question. I I I think we'll we'll see what we usually see with Chev. A, a lot of spread looks. Um, some some little screens and hopefully they work. I think um, you'll you'll get some handoffs a- I think out a of lot those more screens. Sam Neuer packages is what I'd like to see. Yep, and I'd like to see under center too. You know, it's obvious that Brendan Lewis wants to get out of the pocket. Let him get out of the pocket within the structure of the offense. You know, right. not because he sits back there and just runs out and skews everything in the play. Right. Uh, Francois Simmons again. Camera ready for the weekend? Hi. <laughs> huh? Yeah, we're saving it up. It's going to be good to go. Or it's just right. not, and it's given up. You know. Before we get out of here, what's your score prediction, Dre? Uh, I think it's a little more low scoring, and the Aggies win 31-17. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I'm going to go 28-17. Um, you know, I we'll see. I, I do think that Colorado is a real chance of winning this game. But if you have to just pick what's going to happen, I think you got to lean towards A&M just based on some of the talent they have. Um, same time, McChesney has the bus winning in double overtime. So we'll, we'll end on that note. We'll see. Yeah. Thanks for doing it, Dre. We'll be back after the game tomorrow. Me and Dev will be going up to uh, the stadium. Afterward, got to get through media, coming right back to the studio, and we should be live talking about the game like 6.30 or 7 probably, depending on how long that lasts, how quickly we get through media. Uh, thanks, as always, for watching. If you're listening to the podcast, thanks for listening. We'll, uh, we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Booyah.